0: Welcome to Powwow Life Podcast from Powwows.com, connecting you with Native culture since 1996. Here's
1: your host, Paul Gowder. Hello and welcome to Powwow Life. This is the show from Powwows.com. I'm Paul Gowder. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Tonight, I'm interviewing two, our two authors, Kim Rogers and Laurel Goodluck. They are both Native writers and they specialize in children's books. And so they've created some great stories and ways to share Their tribe's history and stories in these children's books, I love bringing in different people in different fields. You know, in the last few weeks, we've we've interviewed a couple of authors. We've interviewed some actors. I've got some other guests coming up that are in totally different fields. But I love having different representation in all these different fields. Our two authors tonight are children's book authors, as I said earlier. Kim Rogers, she writes books, short stories, and poems for young readers. She her latest book is called Just Like Grandma it was and it was illustrated by Julie Flett. She's got several other books Letter from Bob, I am Osage, How Clarence Tinker Became the First Native American Major General as well as several others. She even has called one a, a poem called What is a Powwow. She is a member of an enrolled member of the Wichita and affiliated tribes. She's also a member of the National Native American Boarding School Healing Coalition and she still lives on her tribal home, tribal lands out there in Oklahoma. Laurel Laurel Goodluck writes picture books with modern Native American themes that reflect children's cultural experiences in everyday life, showing Native children that they have a unique and powerful perspective. She's an enrolled member of the Madan Hadatsa Arekara Nations of North Dakota and is a citizen of, yeah, I'm not even going to pronounce that, a a tribe in Alaska. She is an award-winning author her book, Forever Cousins, that came out in 2022, was also illustrated by Jonathan Nelson, who's Danae. and they've got, they'll have got. they tell you more about some of their books that are coming up. But I'm really excited for you to hear from these two authors, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Laurel and Kim. Thanks to the two of you for being here. I'm really excited to be able to talk with you today and learn a little bit more about your books you've been writing, the, the whole community around Native authors, and some of the upcoming works you have. So if you wouldn't would mind, if you could introduce yourselves.
0: I'm sure. My name is Laurel Goodluck, and I'm here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My tribes are mandan Hidatsa from North Dakota and Tsimshian in Alaska. But I've lived here in Albuquerque, gosh, for the last over 30 years. I'm married to uh, my husband, Kevin, who's Danae, and we raised our two sons here and now I'm writing books for children, a new passion that I had in the last five, 10 years, five, about five years. So I'm really happy to be here today. Thanks for having me. And um, can't wait to talk about our books.
2: Hi, Paul. Hi, Laurel. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here with you today. I'm excited about our conversation. My name is Kim Rogers, and I am Wichita. My debut picture book is called Just Like Grandma. It was illustrated um, by Julie Flett, and it came out with Heartjum HarperCollins in January. And I have another book coming out in September. It comes out September 9th, and it's called A Letter for Bob, and it is illustrated by Jonathan Nelson. And I have a third book coming out, also with Heart Drum Harper HarperCollins. And that book comes out in February. It's a picture book biography about General Clarence Tinker. And it's called I Am Osage, How Clarence Tinker Became the First Native American General.
1: That's great. That's so awesome. It's really exciting to hear, to see these kinds of stories being told. And I love that. I read, Kim, in your bio, you mentioned that you know, growing up, you never saw books like this, you know, or with people like, that looked like you in books. So, you know, I wanted to ask, Both of you, you know, where did being an author, being, you know, writing these kind of books, was this something you always wanted to do or is this something that later in life you discover, you know, where did writing come from?
2: For me, I've been writing ever since I was a child. I wrote my first poem in the first grade. And then in the fourth grade, I had this wonderful teacher who would have us write stories from our spelling words. So that's where I first learned to write a story. And then when I went off to college, I majored in four different things. And I had (laughs) teachers and professors that said, you really need to focus on writing. And it was funny because when I was a kid, I had a teacher who said that as well. And when I was a kid, I thought jobs had to be miserable. And so a fun job like writing, that couldn't be a real job, but it actually was. And so I ended up changing my major in college. I was like pre-law and management and advertising, all these different things, I finally succumbed to journalism. I worked in journalism and public relations for a while. And what was missing for me is the emotions and the stories that I wrote. I wrote a lot of press releases. I The last job that I had in an office, I worked for a university. And I wrote stories for the college magazine as well. And those can those feature stories can be emotional as well. But then I started thinking about Books and even reading books to my own kids and not finding a lot of native representation and never ever seeing a wichita child in a book and i started to think about that so for me it was later on in life when i started to do those things i didn't find my calling until just a few years ago
1: that's awesome laura how about you
2: yeah kind of in the same
0: boat i didn't find this calling to write books Matter of fact when I was a kid I never thought of writing as a a career something that I could do it wasn't until actually my background is in counseling and family studies so I did some leadership programs for nonprofits working with teenagers also working in children's mental health and in both of those jobs I did some writing curriculum and mostly it was around community advocacy and so my community ad- advocacy never stopped. I've always felt really close to working with children, doing things with children, letting them see that they have these superpowers that they can rely on their culture. And where this came from for me was growing up in a family, an intertribal family, where we got together on weekends, where we would, the parent, my parents would sit around the kitchen table or wherever we were at at picnics or camping. And we would do a lot of sharing about stories of our legacy of leadership, of our ancestors who had went through so many devastating times in history. And what that really showed me and realizing it later in life, that it really gave me a strength, that their resiliency, my ancestors' resiliency, that storytelling had this this power to help me and my cousins become good role models, good citizens, go into careers where we could help our Indian communities. And so it wasn't later in life until I decided to try writing books. And this really came from um, a trip to New York City, going to two museums. The first museum, visiting my son there who was getting his journalism degree. And going to the Smithsonian Museum of the American Indian, there was an exhibit of three generations of Renewate women. And they were saying, we do our art to depict our modern lives because people don't realize that we're still here. And so that really touched me. It just reminded me of that truth. And then we went to the Harlem Museum in, in Harlem, their studio museum. And there was a community exhibit of picture books and the beautiful art. Um, I had never seen books when I was a kid depicting modern lives from our own community, nor did my kids. And so then and there, I thought, maybe I can try writing. When I was growing up, like Kim, we didn't see ourselves in books. My kids didn't see themselves in books. As a matter of fact, I have some books. A book here, and we did this to several books. My mother and I, when we couldn't, when our kids couldn't see themselves in books, we would cut out pictures and put them in books. Here he is in his, my oldest in his moccasins. So that was the only way that we could see ourselves in books was to cut pictures out. So that's when I decided to teach myself to write. It took a, a couple of years and a great mentorship program through We Need Diverse Books. I was paired with Tracy Sorrell, who's this awesome writer. Just Google her name and look at all her all her variety of books that she has. So that was my path to writing. And one of the things you
1: mentioned before we <clears throat> started recording is, is this idea that, that you guys do have a community, and you, you were talking about just working with a mentor. I, I interviewed a group of um, young Uh, students or the college students that are formed an acting group and that that's kind of what they're doing is making sure that they have a community where they can bring each all of us you know all of them up together as they're learning their craft and just having two authors on the show at the same time is kind of different than a lot of people would think because most of the time in these kind of fields where we think people are competing against each other but you you guys mentioned that there is a community can you talk a little bit about that and You know, how this isn't a a cutthroat uh, competition as so many things are now.
2: Well, for me, what I love about being Native is we're all about community. We're always helping one another. It's not about being an individual. It's being together in community. So I love our Native riding community. We cheer each other on. We have mentorships like Laurel was in a mentorship with Tracy Sorrell. In fact, I have a friend I'm meeting with later on Zoom to discuss some things where we help each other out in our career. That we're just always there for one another, and that's what I really love about our community.
0: Yeah, and I think it really stemmed from a couple of critical conferences that we all are aware of, and we were able to meet each other because we're all o- we're from all over the place, all over the nation. Here, even some of our um, colleagues are in Canada too. And so we were able to meet at a conference called Quaily, which supports diverse writers, children's book, and YA writers. And I can remember going there in person the first time and then going to the conferences after that were streamed in. But we were able to see each other. We just came together. And from a result of that was able to start a critique group that we get together every month we have this one critique group that we read our manuscripts and help one, help one another out. And we also started a picture book one. And so these mentorships that start formally or informally passing on that learning here in my own community in New Mexico, it's just crucial that we help one another. And as Kim said, it's very much based on our cultural values and how we were raised and it's, of course, it's no surprise that it goes right into these type of careers where we can boost children's voices so they can see themselves in books. And it's, it's just critical that we do this all together.
1: And I love that you're, you're telling stories that uh, Native kids can now see themselves in picture books and, and not just see themselves, but learn the stories and, and a little bit about the culture, too. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning who is a homeschooler, and she was mentioning, you know, uh, trying to find more resources for her, her children to learn a, a, more about some of the different aspects of Native culture. So I'm curious to hear, you know, what's been the reaction to some of your stories outside of, of Native kids reading it? But, you know, as these are getting into schools and other places, what's been the reaction of these kind of stories with, with non-Native kids?
0: I've been able to do a few school visits to Native classrooms and non-Native classrooms. And what's really crucial, like here in my first book, Forever Cousins, in the first part of the picture book is all about these two cousins who grew up together in the city. And then they go, then one of them is moving back home to our reservation. And this was definitely based off what happened to me when I grew up in California, my cousin started to go back home to our homelands and how we kept those connections up. But what the sprint part of the story is just a warm story that's very universal of missing one another in friendship. But in the back of the book, and I always make sure to include this, the back matter, the author's note, talks about the influence where the story came from And it's all about our Indian Relocation Act and what a lot of families went through during that time when the U.S. government tried to assimilate us all into the city. So what what I try to do is work with teachers, show them that there's curriculum, that there's activities that they can do in the classroom around Indian relocation, around Natives having two homes, and why is that so? And because our history isn't isn't nationally shown in 80% of the classroom past 1890, there's a lot of history that we need to share. And they can come out of picture books. I always say that picture books are for everyone. How about you, Kim?
2: Yeah. And for me, I haven't done school visits as of yet. I'm getting ready to start those up in the fall. I've had a really busy year and have been unable to do that. But I can tell you what non-Native people are taking from this, like grandmothers and adults. They are seeing that special bond between a granddaughter and her grandmother, or just between a child and an elder, and they are able to celebrate their own beautiful stories. And just like Grandma, we see Becca, who is the main character. She wants to be just like her grandmother. Her grandmother does really cool things, like she beads moccasins. She paints. She dances at the local powwow and Becca wants to be just like her. And there's also a twist in the book. And so a lot of the times we want to be like our elders, but our elders learn from children and want to be like them as well. And so people are really connecting with that, just the relationship itself and the emotion of the book. When I was growing up and I never saw a Wichita child like me in a book. I was always able to relate to the emotions in the book. We are always able to relate to one another through those things. It doesn't matter if you're not if you're native or you're non-native, we can all relate to those emotions. So that's what is resonating with just like grandma is those beautiful intergenerational relationships that we can all celebrate that all of us have. And
1: yeah, you know, I mentioned I, I love the fact that you guys are telling stories that young kids can now see themselves in the stories and can learn from that but I think the other important part about this and why I was excited to have you guys on here too is you are now also showing our native youth that you can be yep. an author and that there is a, a career path here and that's something maybe some of these kids didn't know that it was even a possibility so I always want to ask when I when I have somebody in you know unique career fields is you know, what's your advice if somebody you know thinks of themselves as a writer or a storyteller? What's how do they even get into this and or you know get a book publishing deal and these kind of things? And what's the how do they do that?
2: You need to start with organizations like SCBWI, and that's the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. You can look that up online. I think it's scbwi.org. dot org. Lori, is that correct? I'm not really sure what their website is, but start with organizations like those. Also, Lori mentioned Qualey and that's that's focused on BIPOC. It's a safe place for us all to go and meet one another, learn things, listen to people giving workshops and we can learn a lot there and meet other people and network. So those are really great ways as to join organizations. Also, go to the library, go to your bookstore, look for Native authors and read those books. The best way to learn how to write children's books, any book, is to read. You ha- that's the, the advice I give everyone. Read, 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 read. Read and see what works. Read and see what doesn't work. Find books that if you're trying to write a book, you need to figure out the structure of a book, and we call them mentor texts. So we will look at books and we'll figure out how to write the structure of our own book, even though it's different than the books that we're looking at that's a mentor book. We can figure out structure. We can figure out language. We can figure out different things through that. So join organizations and read. Those are the top two things I can advise.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, in the classroom, what I like to do with the kids is remind them that there's so many ways to tell a story. If you like writing, if you like drawing or sketching or painting, if you get on TikTok, that you're telling a story. There are so many ways to tell a story. And that's, I remind them because I was influenced in my older age of my grown children. One is a journalist who, who is a reporter and the other is an actor and filmmaker. So there's so many ways to tell a story, and it's just really exposing kids to those ways. So one of the activities I do with the kids is we all tell a story together and influence and show them the many routes to storytelling. Because in my generation, I didn't think that that, like Kim was saying, could be a career path, that it could be something, that storytelling could be a career path till I saw my kids doing it. And that next generation showing, so and it is a lot of fun too. So it's it can be a lot of fun, and it can be bringing out those type of oh creativity that you may not know you have.
1: Yeah, I like the the thought about social media. I think there's a lot of uh, young folks now that are telling some incredible stories using social media. So I'm hoping that they will. Of course, you know, if they want to become the next Mr. Beast on YouTube, that's great. But I want them also to see, you know, because of folks like you or whatever, is that they can take storytelling and go into, whether it's writing books or writing screenplays or, you know, writing a a hit TV show, that there are paths to take your storytelling to another level. That's really exciting. Now, I understand we've got, you both have several books or some new books coming out. You want to tell me some about the upcoming releases?
2: Yeah, I can tell you about Just Like Grandma, like I said, came out in January, and my second book is called A Letter for Bob, and it's illustrated by Jonathan Nelson, who is Navajo, and it's the story about a Wichita girl and her family who say goodbye to their car, Bob. The inspiration for this story is a book that I had read, and it's called Our Tree Named Steve. And it was written by Alan Zwiebel and and illustrated by David Kittrow. And that story is about a tree that is in a family's front yard that basically grows up with their family. And at the end of the book, it's a bittersweet ending where they have to say goodbye to the tree. And that is similar to the book that I wrote. When I read Our Tree Named Steve, I couldn't help but think of the relationship that my own family had with cars. We name our cars. My dad is a huge car guy. He has an old, well, he had an old 57 Chevy for years that he fixed up. He's had all these different cars. He currently has a Corvette, an older Corvette that he works and tinkers on. And he told me recently, he said, you couldn't be my daughter if you didn't love cars. (laughs) And so the first memory that I have, uh, one of the first memories that I have is when my dad was in the Marine Corps, he was stationed in Camp North Carolina, And we were getting ready to move back to Oklahoma. My dad was getting out of the Marine Corps. He had been drafted. He was getting out and we were taking our car. We had this really cool green Camaro that my dad had. And I love that car. But my dad had, my my baby brother had just been born. And my parents said, we need a more family-friendly car for our trip back to Oklahoma. And I'll never forget going to the tiller ship And looking out the back window at the Camaro that we had just left there and crying, I mean, tears were streaming down my cheeks because I thought that we were hurting the car's feelings. I love that car. And I couldn't understand why a baby brother couldn't fit in the back seat. (laughs) And so that was the whole thing for A Letter for Bob. It's a heartfelt and humorous book. It's basically an ode to cars. And so I'm really excited to share that. I can't wait till it comes out.
1: I love that. Laurel, how about you?
0: Yeah, that sounds great, Kim. I can't wait for that one, too. Of course, Forever Cousins is already out, and I have the two books coming out in October. The first one is She Persisted series, which is part of the Chelsea Clinton series that she started. And my chapter book for young readers is based on Deb Holland, So it was my first nonfiction and first chapter book. And I got to spend a whole year researching Deb Holland. And it was a wonderful experience because I have a lot of strong women in my family that were first in DC and helped pave the way for Deb. But I also got to vote for Deb. I was in her district one. I got to have the lawn sign up of hers. I kept that up until she became in Biden's cabinet. And I got to vote for her, of course. And I was actually even there when she announced her candidacy here in the state. So it was a very dear project to me. And I'm so inspired by her childhood, the the way that she persisted, the way that she was fierce throughout her life and later in life decided to change her career and get into education and all the messages and the themes that she has in the book are just going to resonate with children and know that they can be fierce too and they can persist the next book that i have on october 10th with heart drum and it's illustrated by madeline goodnight and it's a beautifully illustrated book and it's called rock your mocks and so it's based on the kind of national native holiday of rocking your mocks and in this book it's a It's a concept book where children across our nation, so intertribal children, are bringing their mocks into the modern world and being proud of their identity, seeing their mocks as art. And what I love the message of this story is that you can carry your culture with you any day, and you're stepping into the future. Another book that I have, and this one is called Too Much, and... This one is illustrated by a Canadian illustrator, Bridget George. She's also did a beautiful job with this book. And this is really about a little boy who's from a big, loving Native family. But sometimes he kind of feels like, oh, you know, when you're walking down maybe a big, giant city and there's these giant skyscrapers above you and you feel really small. Well, sometimes he feels small and not heard. And so it's his journey to being heard in a beautiful, humorous way and realizing at the end how much he just loves being part of his big native family. Uh, Beautifully illustrated and kids are going to see themselves in museums. They're going to see themselves as astronauts. And so that's what I also love about this book. It's so, it's such a modern book. And I do have four other books coming out after that, and they've all been announced. One is called Yadala, another is called Fierce Anties, and another, the last picture book is called Stories Are the Heart of the World. So I have several books coming out, and I don't know if you know this, but when, if you write a picture book, it kind of can take a year to get it together. And or several months, and then it takes another nine months to a year to have the illustrations. So it takes a long time to roll out the book, and it's really a team effort because you work with your agent, you work with your editor, you work with the art team at the publication, at the publishing house. And so when your book finally does come out, a lot of people have worked on it together to make this beautiful story.
1: All right. That's a you guys have been busy. It's impressive. Excited to see what, what else you guys are going to do and, and looking forward to these books. I appreciate you spending some time with me. And thanks for being an inspiration and for creating stories that our Native youth will definitely be inspired by. Suti, thank great you so
0: much. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> said, thank
1: you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. So I really appreciate Kim and Laurel giving us some time. And I hope you got some insight into what it's like to be a, a Native children's book author but also, I hope you'll go and look up their books, look up their titles. And as an author said a couple of weeks ago on the show, go buy one and buy another one and then leave it somewhere. I, I heard an author we interviewed a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know, buy a couple of, of indigenous books and leave them in lending libraries if you see them or, you know, leave them in other places so that you can share these stories and support these authors. I think that's a great way. So go buy a couple of these books and share them out. Thank you so much for spending some time with me tonight. Really appreciate you being here. If you're new to powwows or new to powwows.com, we do have something that can help you out. We have an email series called What to Expect at Your First Powwow. You can go to powwows.com slash powwow101 and we'll send you some emails so you can learn all about what a powwow is and what you need to do to go to one. If you're looking to find a powwow near you, our calendar has hundreds of powwows. Go check it out, powwows.com slash calendar. Or if you want me to send them to you in your email, powwows.com slash powwows near me. Again, my name is Paul Gowder. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your support. And we will see you next week with another show. Have a good night, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and get to spend some time with the family. Thanks, everyone
0: thanks for listening to the powwow life podcast from powwows.com be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode find a powwow near you by visiting www.powows.com forward slash calendar support powwows.com by visiting www.powownation.com